I'm Scott Herbie from Weintraub Tobin. And I'm Josh Escobedo from Weintraub Tobin. Welcome to another installment of The Briefing by the IP Law Board. Popular rapper Ice Cube and trading platform Robinhood had been locked in a dispute based on Robinhood's use of Ice Cube's image from the movie Are We Done Yet? and the revised or misquoted from Cube's perspective lyric, correct yourself before you wreck yourself, which is really check yourself before you wreck yourself. As part of a meme in an article in Robinhood's financial newsletters about market corrections for tech stocks, Ice Cube sued Robinhood for violation of the Lanham Act, misappropriation of likeness under California law, and unfair business practices. Cube called the company an unscrupulous and predatory conglomerate the archetypal example of an immoral corporation that places profits over people. Robin Hood recently moved the court to dismiss Cube's complaint. Scott, what was the result of that motion? Thanks, Josh. Cube's complaint really did come across with a high degree of animosity. I mean, he called Robin Hood another get-rich-quick scheme for the most privileged people in America. At the heart of Cube's complaint is his contention that Robin Hood's use of his image in a meme is an endorsement of Robin Hood's financial services. Now, Robin Hood disagrees with that. Robin Hood contends that their use of Cube's image is not an endorsement, that the image, uh, the photo that they used was licensed and was used for non-commercial editorial purposes in connection with a blog article. In June, uh, the U.S. magistrate judge attached to the complaint dismissed, dismissed Cube's initial complaint, finding that Cube failed to allege that Robin Hood's use of his image constituted an endorsement. But it allowed Cube to file an amended complaint, which he did, which he did. And so we're here again. But this time, the magistrate judge openly questioned the nature of Robin Hood's use. The judge asked whether Robin Hood's newsletter is really an advertisement and whether its use of the rapper and businessman's image served as an endorsement for their product or whether it was just part of a newsletter. Obviously, Robin Hood believes that its newsletter is just that and it, that its use is not an endorsement. At oral argument, Robin Hood's counsel even argued that its use is protected as First Amendment parody. But the judge, who eventually took the matter under submission, didn't seem fully persuaded by Robin Hood's arguments, as she agreed with Ice Cube's counsel that Robin Hood wouldn't have used Ice Cube's image if there wasn't a connection to what they were trying to promote. Where do you think this comes out? I would be surprised if the judge found for Robin Hood at this stage. I don't think this case is clear enough yet. I think it's going to be a tough case. Let's, let's think about this in the context of two very famous right of publicity cases, Tom Waits versus Frito-Lay and Hoffman versus Cap City's ABC. So in Tom Waits versus Frito-Lay, the Ninth Circuit addressed Waits' claim under Section 43A, the same section that Q brings a claim under, uh, of the Lanham Act, based on a sound-alike performer used in a Doritos commercial. Section 43A of the Lanham Act prohibits the use of false designation of origin, false descriptions, and false representations in advertising and the sale of goods and services. Waits' claim under Section 43A was premised on the theory that by using an imitator of his distinctive voice in an admitted parody of a Tom Waits song, 
the defendants misrepresented his association with an endorsement of Doritos. Now, the jury eventually found in Waits' favor and awarded him damages. Like Robin Hood, Frito-Lay argued that the, that the commercial uh, did not represent that Waits sponsored or endorsed the product. Now, the Ninth Circuit disagreed with that argument. The Ninth Circuit uh, said that the lower court correctly instructed the jury in considering Waits' Lanham Act claim uh, that the jury must determine whether an ordinary consumer would be confused as to whether Tom Waits sang on the commercial and whether he sponsors or endorses the Dorito product. The jury was told that in making their determination, it should consider the totality of the evidence, including the distinctiveness of Waits' voice and style, the evidence of actual confusion as to whether Waits actually sang on the commercial, and the defendant's intent to imitate Waits's voice. At trial, in the Tom Waits versus Frito-Lay case, the jury listened to numerous Tom Waits recordings and to a recording of the Doritos commercial in which the Tom Waits impersonator delivered the hip endorsement of the Dorito product. The jury uh, also heard evidence relevant to the likelihood of consumer confusion that the Dorito commercial was targeted to an audience which overlapped with Waits' audience, males between the age of 18 to 35 who listen to radio. This is relevant because um, Robin Hood has entered into endorsement deals with other uh, rap and urban uh, artists. So the the intent to target a particular audience is a relevant finding that the court in the Waits case made. And finally, there was evidence of actual consumer confusion, the testimony of numerous witnesses that they actually believed it was Tom Waits singing the words of endorsement. The Ninth Circuit found that this evidence was sufficient to support the jury's finding that consumers were likely to be uh, misled by the commercial and believing that Tom Waits endorsed the Dorito product. Hoffman versus Cap Cities went the other way. This case revolved around a 1997 publication of Los Angeles Magazine. The magazine published a photograph of Dustin Hoffman as he appeared in the motion picture Tootsie. The picture was digitally altered to appear that Hoffman was wearing a designer silk gown and designer shoes. The photograph appeared in conjunction with an article entitled Grand Illusions in which the magazine used computer technology to merge still photographs of other famous actors and actresses from classic films with photographs uh, with spring 1997 fashions from designers who were frequent advertisers in the magazine. The article also included a shopping guide with prices and store information for the clothing used in the article. The magazine did not obtain Dustin Hoffman's permission. In Hoffman, the Ninth Circuit found that the magazine article was not commercial speech. The magazine did not use Hoffman's image in a traditional advertisement printed merely for the purpose of selling a particular product. Insofar as the record showed, uh, the Ninth Circuit said that the magazine did not receive any consideration from the designers for featuring their clothing in the fashion article containing uh, Dustin Hoffman's altered image. Nor did the article simply advance a consumer or commercial message, the Ninth Circuit found. 
Also, and seemingly to be directly on point to the claims made by Ice Cube in his complaint that the newsletter is merely a tool for attracting customers, the Hoffman Court said that a printed article meant to draw attention to the for-profit magazine in which it appears does not fall outside the protection of the First Amendment because it may help sell copies of the magazine. That's really interesting, Scott. I'm looking forward to seeing what the court does with this. Thanks, Josh. We'll report back when we hear anything from the court. We have an update to our reporting on Ice Cube's lawsuit against Robin Hood. That's right. So contrary to my prediction that the magistrate judge would take, uh, would not make a dispositive ruling and would allow the case to proceed into discovery, the judge in fact granted Robin Hood's motion and dismissed Ice Cube's case with prejudice. The judge found that Robin Hood's use of Ice Cube's image as contained in a photograph Robin Hood had licensed for use in connection with its newsletter did not violate Ice Cube's right of publicity as such use did not constitute an endorsement. California Civil Code Section 3344 states in pertinent part, any person who knowingly uses another's name, voice, signature, photograph, or likeness in any manner on or in products, merchandise, or goods, or for purposes of advertising or selling or soliciting purchases of products, merchandise, goods, or services without such person's prior consent shall be liable for any damages sustained by the person or persons injured as a result thereof. The entire purpose of 3344 is to allow individuals to control any commercial interest they may have in their persona. That said, every use of a person's likeness in connection with a commercial product or service is not actionable. Section 3344 subdivision E states that it shall be a question of fact whether or not the use of the person's name, voice, signature, photograph, or likeness was so directly connected with the commercial sponsorship or with the paid advertising as to constitute a use for which consent is required. The statute also contains a safe harbor for use in any news, public affairs, or sports broadcast, or political campaign. Most contested right of publicity cases address that fine line between commercial use and protected First Amendment speech. Here, the court didn't really delve into that conflict. Rather, the court analyzed whether Robin Hood's use of Ice Cube's image constituted an endorsement, which is specifically covered by the context of Section 3344. The court compared Robin Hood's use of Ice Cube's image to the uses in Waits versus Frito-Lay and White versus Samsung, which is another famous right of publicity case that involved a robot-like depiction of Vanna White in a commercial for Samsung products. The court found that Robin Hood's use of Ice Cube's image uh, and the new allegations contained in the amended complaint did not rise to the level of an endorsement. So the judge dismissed the case with, pre with prejudice. Thanks for the update, Scott. You got it, Josh. Thanks for tuning in to this installment of The Briefing by the IP Law Blog. Please be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and our podcast. And if you're interested in additional content, visit our website at theiplawblog.com. Thank you. <laughs>